Second Peter chapter three verses ten through to thirteen. But the day of the Lord shall come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? Good question. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, which will be the home of righteousness. Yes, folks, I want to talk tonight about the home of righteousness. But I just want to pick Helen's brains for a moment. Helen, you talked earlier about the three D's. Destruction. Decision. Decision. Determination and destruction. That's four. Destruction. No. Decision. You start with the decision. Decision. Determination. Determination. Destruction. And destruction. Folks, this passage says destruction. The world will be destroyed eventually. If you look around, it looks like it's not going to be too far away. I think mankind's doing a very good job. So, but the point is, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. And we are the bride of Christ. And the bride needs to be ready. The bride needs to be prepared for the marriage of the Lamb. Yes, folks, we're getting married to the Lamb of God. We become the bride and Jesus is our bridegroom. We need to be ready to enter in, folks, to the home of righteousness. I can see that you're excited about this message already. The home of righteousness. Firstly, I want to begin with a question. Are you going to the home of righteousness? Is this really a strong desire that you have? Do you live your life like you want to go to the home of righteousness? Is it like something that's in your heart or is it just a good idea? Mm, Yeah, yep, yep, that sounds good, yep. Or is it something that burns like a passion, like a fire within you, that the only thing you want is to prosper the relationship you have with Jesus in order to make sure that you go to the home of righteousness. And the home of righteousness, folks, is beyond the pearly gate. Yes, it's beyond the pearly gate. But before you settle into your home of righteousness, folks, you must understand that you are there by invitation only. 
And so when we enter through the pearly gates, it might be like this. You might go to the registrar and he'll open the Lamb's Book of Life and say, I don't see your name here. Go to hell. Or he might say, yes, I see your name. Enter into the home of righteousness. Believers in Jesus are the bride of Christ. And verse 12, which we read earlier, says that the heavens and the earth will be destroyed and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We read that in Revelations, I think it's 22 from memory. But, folks, a new heaven and a new earth, this gives us something to look forward to. It gives us something to prepare for. Christians can prepare by their praying, their witnessing, to help bring others to the point of repentance. Jesus is coming back to get his bride. And then the earth will be destroyed. Now, there's a process the bride has to return. The raptured saints will rule and reign for a thousand years. There's a process. But folks, there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. The Bible tells us that this destruction will be by fire. Peter says that the elements will melt and this will leave the earth exposed and laid bare, which could mean that everything will be exposed for what it really is. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Are you ready for this day? Do you have the confidence in Christ that he will keep you safe? Do you have that kind of confidence that Christ will keep you safe? Like a thief. Have no doubt, folks, Jesus is coming back. And Peter calls this day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, and he says it will be like a thief. A thief who comes without warning. We don't know when. And when the Lord does come, it will both be surprising and catastrophic. People will want to hide and run away. It will be so terrific. The believer's destiny, folks, is sealed in Christ. Believers have a future with Jesus and the believer will have nothing to fear on this day. Nothing to fear on this day. The day will be the commencement of eternity. And in a sense, eternity is already ongoing. But this day will be the commencement of a new life, a new lifestyle. This is when we will see the new heaven and the new earth. This is when the world will come to an end. This is when believers will go home to the home of righteousness. It's time now to get your house in order, folks, and to take 
off the old and put on the new. This is the time to get serious with God because God is calling us to live holy and godly lives. And that's what we must do. Live a holy and a godly life. In verse 11, Peter motivates the believer with the call to live holy and godly lives. To live a life, to sorry, to live a holy life means two things. One, to be separated, and two, to be sanctified. To be separated. It's a bit like an egg, isn't it? Sometimes certain recipes call for the eggs to be separated. And we separate the white from the yolk. But we also need to be separated. And there's a separation happening. We'll be separated. The Lord will separate the sheep from the goats. The godly from the ungodly. The worldly to the believer. There will be a separation going on, folks. To the left and to the right. To heaven and to hell. It's a separation. This is an eternal separation. And people's lives depend upon it. People's eternal security depend on whether they will be separated from God or not. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that non-Christian relative, friend, person, next door neighbour? Have you thought about their salvation? Have you thought about their eternal security? Maybe you haven't got that far. Maybe you're worried about your own eternal security. It's a different story, isn't it? We need to live holy and godly lives. Holy means the things you hear are wholesome to the Lord. The things you see are wholesome to the Lord. The things that come out of your tongue, your mouth, are wholesome to the Lord. Are you not filled with the Holy Spirit? What's it like in there? What's it like in your heart? What's it like where the Holy Spirit lives? Do you fill the Holy Spirit with biblical text and words and knowledge and prophecies and, and, and godly living? Or do you fill the Holy Spirit's room with dirt and filth and lust and Muck and rubbish. I know we live in a sinful environment, but come on, folks. We've got Jesus on the inside. We need to smarten up. We need to toughen up. We need to take that rubbish from the world and put it back. You've seen what happens every Tuesday morning in my street. The garbage truck comes around and the arm goes out. And puts the rubbish in the truck and takes it away. God is your garbage truck. Give him all the rubbish that's in your heart and let him take it away. He'll never bring it back again. He won't dump it on your front lawn or your nature strip or your sidewalk or your footpath. He'll take that rubbish and he'll cleanse you on the inside. Have a read of Second Chronicles 29 sometime. And read the story about when Hezekiah became a king. And he found that the temple doors had been closed. And nailed shut and the gates were broken. 
I think the gates have been nailed shut and the doors were broken. And the temple was being used for a storehouse. And Hezekiah brought the priests in and he sanctified them. That means he purified them for God's work. And then the priest set aside or the priest helpers set aside to clean the temple. They threw, cleaned out all the garbage and the rubbish, the cobwebs and the dust. And they made the temple habitable again for God's presence so that the Ark of the Covenant could be brought in. They fixed up the doors and repaired the gates. And now again, the place was fit for the presence of God. What's going on in your temple? What's going on in your heart? Have you got some garbage in there that needs to be cleared out? Did you have an argument with your spouse and you've not said sorry? Have you said bad swear words and you've not apologised to God? Have you committed blasphemies and words just slip out and now you feel guilty? Repent, sinner. Repent and come to the Lord. Have you watched a movie that, that the Holy Spirit would not be happy watching? Do you read some newspapers or magazines and look at the wrong sort of photos? Come on, folks, let's get serious. We're talking about getting ready for a new heaven and a new earth. We're talking about repentance. We're talking about living a holy and a godly life. That's what Peter's on about here. I get passionate about this sort of thing because half the time or even more than half the time you spend in the pulpit sharing this message and preaching this message and everybody says, oh, that was a nice message, Pastor. We don't see much change in their life, folks. I'm tired of it. Do you think God's tired of it? Of course he is. He was tired of it so many thousands of years ago. He flooded the earth and he said, let's start again. And there's a day coming where this earth will be destroyed by fire, says Peter. And it'll be laid bare and everything exposed including your heart. Are you ready? Are you really, really ready to live a godly life? Read this book. It's called the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. That's the holy instructions, folks. Read it and get it into your heart and start living it and change your life. Golly, change your life. Jesus died for you. He took your place in death. Could have been you hanging on that cross, any of us. But Jesus did it for us. It's got to be worth something, doesn't it? It's got to be worth getting serious about God for so we need to be separated from the world we need to be sanctified that to be sanctified is like to be fine tuned let God take those things take that rubbish clean up your life become more holy more godly God is calling believers to be separated from the world. We need to live in the world, but not be a part of it. 
We need to separate ourselves from all the rubbish that the world throws at us and set ourselves on the godly path. That's what we need to do. I hear a few yeses and a few amens. I hope you're serious about this. I hope you're serious. Peter's call to sanctification shows us that we need to be continually cleansed on the inside. Folks, we live within a sinful environment. We need to be totally cleansed on the inside and continually cleansed. I know we make mistakes. We slip, we slide, we fall, we stumble. It's what the 23rd Psalm's all about. We have a shepherd. He'll lay you down in a nice paddock somewhere, have some rest and meditate on God. It might be beside a quiet stream. He'll lead you in the paths of righteousness. Why? Not just for his namesake, but we're going home to the house of righteousness. And even when you're going through the valley, folks, he's there. He's there. And even when you face your enemies, he prepares a table for you in the presence of those enemies. The whole thing with David and Goliath, isn't it? The enemy, got David, the shepherd boy, he trusts God. Slings off the stone, his Goliath here falls down dead. David takes out Goliath's own sword, cut Goliath's head off. God was there in the presence of his enemies. And God set a table for David and the whole of Israel in the presence of that Philistine enemy because they ran. They ran. A shepherd boy took out the biggest man in the army and they ran. They ran like mice. They ran like rabbits. They were scared because God prepared a table for the Israelites in the presence of their enemies. And he'll do the same for you. We all have a Goliath or have had Goliaths in our life. An enemy that's big and strong and hard to beat. Not with God. The Israeli army had spears, bows and arrows, axes, shields, chariots, horses. All the things that you take to war. Why wouldn't you? You've got a strong enemy. But the one thing they did not take to war was God. But God came with David. He didn't have all the stuff. He tried on the armour and it was too big and heavy for him. He says, I'll be right. He takes his sling and he goes down to the river 
picks up the five smooth stones. What must have the army generals been thinking? What is this boy up to? Boom. Done. Gone. You think it's a Bible story? It's not a Bible story. It's a true story. It's a true story that's in the Bible. But it's true. The startling thing about this story is it's God that wins the battles for us. What about Gideon when he fought the Amalekites? 300 men. 300 against 55,000. David's weapon was a sling and some stones. Gideon's weapons that he took to war was a clay pot, a torch that's like a stick with a flame on the end of it. A clay pot, a torch and and a trumpet. 300. Strange weapons, aren't they? But you know what else they took? The presence of the Lord. And that, folks, is the difference. When you face your Goliath, you attack that problem. You attack that enemy. Not in your own strength. It won't work. You take the presence of the Lord. You keep the Lord here, right here. In the heart. In the seat of your emotions. It's where the Lord sits. Sanctification, folks. Allowing God to fine-tune you a bit at a time. A bit at a time. And allow yourself to be made into the likeness of Christ. Sometimes we have fears and anxieties that we hang on to. Allow Jesus to take them from you. It's about putting on a new way of life or a new lifestyle. We have been born again. And this is what Peter was talking about when he said live holy and godly lives. The word live is present tense. We're not talking about the past tense, that's lived. We're talking about the present tense. You don't need to allow your past to affect your presence. Give your past to God and move on. There, freedom in that. Absolute freedom in that. Give God your past, all the trauma, all the anxiety, all the worry, all the rubbish. Just draw a line in the sand. Okay, that's it. The past is behind me. I'm moving on with God. You take it, God. Just allow God to put it in his wheelie bin. Gone. Yeah, you'll have the memories of the past, but not the anxieties. Not the worry. You can't live your life by the past. You can only live your life by the Bible. That's it. By the Bible. 
the only way you can live your life. Your past life, hanging on to the past won't get you into heaven. You can't even take your past to heaven. <laughs> it stays in a box. True, stays in a box. Our spirits go to heaven. Our past is history. It's gone, dead, buried. You can't even take it with you. Let go of your past. Get God into your heart. And move on. You'll be stronger. You'll be better off. You'll be, have this freedom and a peace within you. And you'll feel like skipping down the road and laughing. So, <laughs> the past doesn't rule me anymore. When you do that, it affects your present. It affects the right now. And when your present life is different, it affects your future outlook. And you can have a bright future, a good present life, all because you've uh, dealt with the past. Give it to God. I think probably the biggest problem is self-forgiveness. It's a doozy, mate. Gets a hold of you. And you start like, hanging on to this stuff because you can't forgive yourself because of something you did. You hurt someone or you did something bad or you made a mistake, you slipped up and you start beating yourself up. Oh, I did this, I did that. Oh, look, when did it happen? Oh, 27 years ago, but okay, let's move on. Don't let 27 years ago rule your life today. Need better things to occupy your mind with. You only go and have a piece of chocolate and enjoy yourself. No, but seriously, get into the word. Leave that stuff behind. Stick it on a shelf. Let God take it. We have to put away our fears and our worries. We can't hang on to them. We're about putting on a new way of life. We have been born again. <clears throat> and Peter's call is to live a godly life. And we should be living this way now and also in light of Jesus' return. We need to be ready. I mean... The groom is there at the church waiting, waiting, waiting for the bride... Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, where's the bride? But what he doesn't know, the bride was coming, she was rushing, she fell over, she slipped in the mud and the wedding dress is covered in mud, it's dirty, there's water dripping off. She walks into the door of the church and the groom sees the bride covered in filth. Is that what Jesus is going to see when he looks at you? Because you've been playing in the mud of this world? Or are you going to live a godly life and a holy life? 
and you'll be presented to God pure, unadulterated, without sin on the day of his return. Think about it. Be bold and step out. Think consciously about changing aspects of your lifestyle so that a holy and godly life can be yours. Think of the smile it would put on Jesus' face when you enter into the home of righteousness. Question, as I wrap up. Do you live your life like you really want to go to the home of righteousness? Jesus is coming back like a thief in the night. The believer will have nothing to fear on that day. The believer will have nothing to fear on that day. And Peter motivates the believer with the call to live holy and godly lives. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Folks, let's show Jesus today that we love him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. We pray, Lord, that we will heed this message. And Lord, that we'll have a passion and a desire to change aspects of our lifestyle. Lord, we want to be holy and godly in our lifestyle. Father, we want to do away with the, 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 this whole sin thing in the world that keeps presenting itself to us. Help us, Lord, to deal with it, to get it out and to get over it and to get over our past and get over our, our shortcomings and our failings and move on and be strong in Christ. I pray, Lord, this message will sit deep in our hearts today. Lord, that the Holy Spirit will fill every part of our being. Lord, that we would meditate on the word and receive great revelation and understanding. Lord, that we would go the extra step and put it to work in our lives. That we would actually apply biblical text to our lives. That we would follow the instructions of Jesus and see them fulfilled in our life, lifetime, and even in this day. We pray, Lord, you'll be with us today and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon on Anchor Podcasts. You can find more sermons on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public and Stitcher. Also, check out our live stream messages on YouTube and Facebook. Just type Wattle City Church into your search window. God bless you and have a great day. Amen.